And by jump right into it, I mean, I'm going to pull up my script because I don't have it. You can either keep boom, this in, take this out. Boom, don't boom, make no difference to me. Is boom, that the intro song? Boom, boom, okay. Boom, okay. Boom, 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 wow. Boom. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to episode 278 of the Player Player Podcast. Before we get started, I want to give a big thank you to the both old and new additions to our crew tuning in to listen to us do what we do. What is that, Arsene? Talk about video games. Talk about video games every Thursday, every week we gather around the virtual water cooler to discuss video games and the culture surrounding them. I'm your host, Joseph Hooper, a.k.a. The Hoop Man, along with my co-host, the co-host of the year, Arsene Lapka. Man, you know what? I think I got this. I think this is back to back, ain't it? You know, back I think I got back. this bad boy last year. Um, last year, I think I thanked my family. I think I thanked, you know, all my friends and family last year. I thank God. This year, I'm thanking me, baby. I'm okay. the coach of the year. Who put in the work? Me. Me. Every day I showed up to podcast practice. Every day I recorded. I recorded something so that way y'all can have something to listen to in your cars, in your homes, in your hospitals, wherever you're located at. I'm the coach of the year. Not you. Me. That's why I'm the goat. That's kind of great. Okay. I mean, that's a good speech. I really, I like that. I like motivation. That. Uh, so, the goat. We're talking about games of the year this week. Um, to address the elephant in the room, there was no episode last week because uh, we recorded it and it got lost to time. Our episode was about uh, was twenty twenty three the new best year in video games. Spoiler alert: We decided no. Twenty eleven was just too strong of a damn year. Uh, when we started comparing games bar for bar, we were like, okay, it's kind of comparable. But that catalog for 2011 just kept on giving. And eventually 2023 kind of just ran out of steam. So we still think 2011 is the reigning year, the golden age, the can't be touched year for video game releases. But 2023, still very good. And we'll, we'll reflect that in our discussions today. Now, typically, I think last year we did a ranked weighted list. But because we've played so many different games and like our our game playing catalog for 2023 is so varied i figure we just go through some uh, general categories where we give our own picks for these categories we talk about our personal list and then we just crown uh a conclusive game of the year which i think i already know what it is because i've seen your list and i know my list uh and i think we have two games that we can crown but before we get there we have a couple other awards to give out and we're going to start with the Hey, yo, wait a second, Award. And this is for the game that was the biggest surprise to you. Uh, I have two that I want to shout out, but I'll throw it to you first. I'll let you name your first two games. Let's let's just go through them. Okay. Um, This is actually uh, very surprising to think about. When I'm really thinking about this category here, this uh, or my picks for this category, mm-hmm. it's a Capcom double whammy, baby. Ooh. We got Street Fighter Six, okay. Resident Evil Four remake. Okay, the okay. Games that surprised me the most this year, obviously Resident Evil Four remake, award, you know, Resident Evil Four itself from the renowned Resident Evil Biohazard franchise. Everybody, I feel like re- when you look at best games of all time, Resident Evil Four is consistently like at least top 20 at least yep. maybe top 10 yep. um i never got to play it you know back in 2005 when it came out even though it did come out like 13 times over the course of you know 20 years i never got to play it um i you know as time went on 
the game got more and more antiquated and I was like, you know, maybe this is not the game for me. Once they started going through them remakes though, Resident Evil 2 remake, Resident Evil 3 remake, finally the time with Resident Evil 4 remake came and I decided, hey, this is the perfect time for me to jump on the game that is a version of the game that is considered one of the best of all time. And I got to say, I'm surprised at how much I did enjoy it. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think I mentioned it when while I was playing it earlier this year. It felt like I was playing an action movie, like a you know, like a action light horror m- movie, um, because I think this was the. Well, no, I'm trying to think. You know, in terms of all of the Resident Evil games, this was probably the beginning of the shift to that action adventure style of gameplay, like the true act. Because before it was more like you know, it was definitely more focused on like the puzzle aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the true switch to the action adventure. Um, you're going around doing these little. Sometimes you have your quick time events. You're shooting bullets. You're shooting, uh, you know, all different. You have a full arsenal of weapons, fighting all these crazy enemies. Leon's doing backflips. The cutscenes are crazy. Um, the story, obviously, is just, you know, it's a Resident Evil game. So, you know, it's going to be kind of like kind of wonky and silly at times, especially once you get to like the latter half where you're like finding about out about the big bad and you're just like, what the heck? Why is this guy turning <laughs> into a giant monster? Like, why is everybody t- doing this? Um, but yeah, man, I'm, when you talk about surprise, I was, I did not expect to enjoy it as much as I did, uh, to the point where I got to the end, I was like, I, I was ready to stand up and clap. Wow. Okay. A little standing ovation. Okay. okay. Standing ovation for, uh, Resident Evil 4. And, uh, you want me to go ahead and hop into the, se- I can talk about the second game as well. Yeah, or you wanna... Street Fighter 6. Street Fighter Street 6. Fighter 6. I'm not a real fighting game um you know player i've definitely picked up way more than i probably should have you know like dragon ball z um fighters back in the day uh, you know I've, pl- I've played my fair share of fighting games but i've never gotten good at them street fighter 6 is no exception i still did not get that <laughs> great at it however it surprised me as my first street fighter game how much fun i did have with it you know it seemed like kind of like it had the world um by storm at least for probably a month or so, you know, everybody's like, oh, yeah, let's run the ones. Let's go ahead and, you know, you know, hop in a little lobby or something. We're going to play a little bit. Uh, I'm doing all this while I'm still, you know, I got a newborn baby at home trying to take care of, you know, she's trying to, you know, sleep over there. I'm sitting here trying to figure out how to hit my combos. And then obviously the addition of the new modern controls, which, you know, ushered in a whole new wave of players to make the game a lot more accessible, a lot more fun for folks. I mean, I, it's a, once again, a surprising game. I did not expect to like it as much as I did. I thought it would be one of those things where, oh, maybe I picked it up because a lot of people played it, but it's not really my cup of tea. No, it, it was my cup of tea. I wish I had more time to, to play it because um, I think I do need to get back in it. Nelson, don't forget about our rematch. But once I hit Ooh. platinum, I tell you, I'm telling you, once I hit platinum, I'm, I'm coming. It's okay. as simple as okay. that. Uh, so I, I'm going to jump on a street fighter six as well. And I think what we should probably do is like, if there's a game that we're talking about, that's on our, uh, top 10 list or top five list or whatever, you know, we'll talk about it as they come so that we don't have to like rehash it. Once we get to the end, mm-hmm. uh, street fighter six is made it on my list. This game is a hundred percent, a surprise. Like I was not ready for what this game, uh, offered and the way that they made it approachable is like always what i really really desire when i have these fighting games because they're so hard to approach that's why i loved games like dragon ball z uh budokai tenkaichi because it was very easy to you know learn the systems of the game and then just pick up and play with any character which i think is the excitement of like 
fighting games to the average person, right? It's not like, oh, yeah, I master all the combos to this one guy. It's like, oh, yeah, I can, like, mess around with anybody that I want to and just figure out who gels with me the most without feeling like I have to relearn everything just to figure out what's fun about this character. And I think the modern controls in Street Fighter VI really, like, took the fighting game genre leaps and bounds ahead to making things more approachable to the average person, which I really liked. And it just felt super polished. Like having those matches, even as somebody who is trash at fighting games, having those matches with uh, all the friends or like, you know, randos online, you know, like it just felt competitive, which I feel like is not typically the case in fighting games because it's either you're trash or uh, you're elite. And it felt like the skill gap was way better. I think partly because mm. this game sold so well and there was a ton of people of all skill levels on there. But also because, like I said, it's very approachable. So shout out Street Fighter Six. That is why it made my list. Uh, I have three surprises, actually. Ooh. I kind of switched the last second. And I'll be qu- mostly quick. Um, Dave the Diver is the first one. Dave the Diver, mm-hmm. an incredible game. Um, Dave the Diver is one of those games where I was surprised when I saw the trailer. Where I was watching the trailer, I'm like, bro, what the f-? Like, how are they showing? Like, what is this game? How are they showing <laughs> so much? And, like, it's crazy to say. You look at the trailer and you're like, dang, this is fucking crazy. Like, you're seeing, like, a, uh, a crustacean with boxing gloves and stuff. And you're just like, yo, what is this game? And to pick up the game and, like, be to understand that the trailer is like one tenth of the craziness that actually ensues in this game. Like every five minutes they're talking about, yeah, we need you to go do this. And we're now going to introduce this new mini game. Like, Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a random death laser that's about to destroy the planet. Like you need to go stop it. And to do it, you need this random contraption. That's not, that doesn't happen in the game, but that's like an example. Like there's always something wacky happening and the game very much starts out. as like, Hey, you're going to run this restaurant. You're going to go get some fish and support the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> 30 minutes later they're like actually yeah you need to learn the ac- macroeconomics of this little village here uh if you're gonna try and uh sustain the sea people and i was just like bro what is going on bro there's literally everything in this game and it just kept kept coming and i played this game for probably like 15 20 25 maybe 30 hours and i shit you not up until like the last hour of the game, they were still introducing new shit to me. Jeez. I could not believe it. And I think there's still a ton of shit that I did not see in the game. Even the end credits, the end credit, when you roll credits in the game, they introduce some new shit. No. <laughs> and the credits, I shit you <laughs> not. It's just like, bro, what is going on? So like, I just had the biggest smile on my face playing that game. So I have to show love to Dave the Diver. You'll learn where that placed on my list later. Other biggest surprise, I originally had Baldur's Gate 3 on here. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying Baldur's Gate 3. I'll talk about it a little bit more. Uh, Obviously, that game dropped out of nowhere for everybody, and nobody... There was no chance. Like You could have gave me the list of games that released in 2023 up and down 10, 20, 30 times, <laughs> and I would have never said Baldur's Gate would even have been in my top 10. What the fuck is even Baldur's Gate? Like, So to have it hit with me so well uh, today or right now big surprise but i have to give my other official slot to hi-fi rush i forgot about forget about for that this category yeah we had the developer direct which is we're getting another one in a in a week i believe Uh, but to watch this chuck and her rumors oh yeah there's like a secret game coming out uh and i think somebody said yeah it's called hi-fi rush but i was like okay i guess cool sure But to see the animated Saturday Saturday morning cartoon shit and like you're processing the information in real time about this video game that they're revealing to you for the first time ever. And you're like, yo, this is kind of clean. 
And then for them to be like, actually, you can play it right fucking now after the developer. Oh, read. my God. You're like, wait a second. You download it. And then it's like you play it for an hour. And you're like, what the? F- why is this it's game? Good. Like, it's good. Why is this one of the best Xbox games I've played in like years, bro? Like, what the hell? Um, so that was a huge surprise. I really, really, really enjoyed Hi-Fi Rush. It felt like a breath of fresh air in a generation where we're always trying to get these games that feel like they're all kind of competing with each other and they're all the same ish style and the same ish premise man reverting back to hi-fi rush kind of felt like me uh seeing ratchet and clank for the first time or me mm. playing me seeing sunset overdrive or like one of those crazy games that took off like as a new ip for the first time it just felt fresh and i really hope i mean i feel like we're undoubtedly gonna see a hi-fi rush too and i can't wait to for whenever that drops but man breath of fresh air you love to see it man love to see it uh okay moving on to the next title the dog water category the biggest disappointment now i also have two nominations for this we don't need to spend too much time on this because we're trying to praise our list but i'll let you go ahead where did the do you have one game two games i just have one i can't really think of a Second game that your one must down. be your. It's got to be the one. one. All right, give it to us. Um, Redfall. It's, you know, it was just one of <laughs> okay. it was the okay. game that is that not the one you were gonna say? <laughs> yeah, that's not the one. Bro. Whoa, the okay, one. interesting. Actually, that's a well, good one. That's a good one, though. That's a good one. You, so neither of your two were Redfall. No, no, that's crazy. Okay, I'm no. I'm interested to hear what you have to say. But uh, my explanation behind Redfall, obviously, um. Here on the Player Player Podcast, we are, I would say, we're pretty strong arcane fans. You know, I think yeah. it is a, Huge. it is a, I'd say it's a sleeper studio. Not the masses know of Dishonored, they know of Prey, they know of Deathloop, but they're not really they're still sleeping. Going. Bro. They're still sleeping. You know, like you, you guys understand what I'm saying. Y- y'all are still sleeping um, just a little bit. Um, so to get Redfall, a game that. We were only kind of hype on, you know, we weren't too keen on it, especially with the whole multiplayer aspect. You know, we're finding out, okay, all these little uh, red flags were re- revolving around the game. We're like, oh, maybe it'll be okay. Maybe no, my, This is my uh, thought process. I'm like, oh, maybe it'll be okay. Finally get my hands on it. I try to, I give it the old college try. I put it, I think I put in at least three, four hours, something oh, like that. And I was put, I was put, I put in a couple <laughs> hours for sure. You know, I'm just trying crazy. to, you know, make my way through the, uh, Little streets of whatever the name of the city. Don't know anything about the name of the city. Don't know anything about the name of the names of the characters. Just the way that they delivered this package to us, it's just unacceptable. I will say that um, that that's pretty much all I have to say about it. I think the game yeah. itself was just unacceptable, it, and they just did not deliver anything that I think the masses wanted. I don't think anybody wanted it. Yeah, I, I think the reason that it wasn't on my biggest disappointment was because I didn't they didn't really give you a good chance to get hyped around it because the marketing mm. was so fucking like covert and secretive like they're like Ooh, you know, Red vampires. <laughs> Ooh. It's a little tiny gameplay a little tiny gameplay i was like oh okay maybe this will be cool i mean arcane it was mostly the hype was mainly on the arcane name being attached to the game mm-hmm. uh i was really you know as we started getting closer i was like oh it finally hit the release date and then i heard it was bad and you know it sucked a lot but i was never like Let's go. This was never like going to be my game of the year uh, coming into mm-hmm. 2023, which brings me to my two games. 
outside of Tears of the Kingdom, we have two games that I was super hyped to get my hands on. And I feel like neither of them lived up to the hype that I hoped that they would have going in. That's why my two games, Final Fantasy 16, Starfield oh. on the list. Final I Fantasy forgot all 16. about Final Fantasy. You told me to, you know, remind myself, refresh myself on the game. <laughs> Honestly, I'm glad I didn't remind myself of Final <laughs> Fantasy 16. Final Fantasy 16. Final Fantasy 16 was not a terrible game. It was not like a really bad game. I wouldn't even call it a bad game. I would say it was a good game. But I would say that the potential that the game had was completely squandered. I feel like the best moments of the game are things that could be in any game. Like we're talking about the cutscenes, we're talking about the the boss battles, which in my opinion, there weren't there wasn't any crazy mechanics in the boss battles. They were just cinematic and bombastic, which I loved. Like I, I loved that. But I mean, it was basically a sick, really cool cinematic Final Fantasy movie. Um mm. and I feel like that can only take you so far. And once, like I said, once we get deep into the game, once we're like deep into the story and you really get a chance to explore all of the gameplay mechanics. The side missions did not deliver. And it just kind of showed how half-assed a lot of the game was where you're doing these side missions. There's no, it feels like there's no love, no care, no thought put into this. It's like, Hey, my son is heating up. Can you go figure out what the issue is? And it's just these fucking fireball (laughs) demons that you have to kill. And And he basically, you come back and you, resolve these side missions that are five, 10 minutes of my life wasted and you get equivalent of three cents, which, you know, <laughs> you, you save up all your money from the lemonade stand by playing these side missions and you go to the store and what can you buy a fucking piece of armor that doesn't really look any different really. And doesn't really give you any noticeable de- game. It doesn't look different at all. There was no, there were no cosmetic I don't changes. Remember, yeah. Maybe on I, the sword, like the, the sword, sword was, yeah, yeah. The sword looked different, but I couldn't tell I was doing more damage. It wasn't like I had elemental damage. So it was just like, uh-uh. I feel like they spent so much budget and time into the cinematics and the, the pomp and circumstance of the game, which was awesome. But like the actual gameplay, I'm like, what the fuck kind of game? Like this, this does not feel like a top tier AAA Square Enix game that they spent Lord knows how much money on. So that was disappointing. And obviously, I feel like the story at the end, I know people are gassing that shit up, but I mean, yeah, I thought, I thought people were hating. Nah, people are like, oh yeah, it's so, so fucking sick. Like at the end, like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I guess. Like, I thought the first half of the game was the most interesting where you have mm-hmm. Benedicta and you have uh, Sid and, and Hugo and that love triangle and Clive trying to figure out things with his history. I felt like all that was like the best part. And then everything just got super streamlined at the end. And when you're chasing this one <coughs> single bad guy who serves this other single bad guy, I was just like, I, I don't really care about these motherfuckers. Like, I don't, y'all didn't even show this motherfucker until like the last couple of hours like why would i care yeah. so that was a big disappointment starfield is another one i enjoy starfield for what it was i do feel like i enjoyed a lot of moments with my time with starfield and i do think i'll go back to it uh but now that they've promised updates i'm like okay i'll hold off but this game definitely did not live up to the hype um i wouldn't i, I don't know if it's as bad as final fantasy 16 it might be just when you think about the <laughs> gameplay because like all those i just the number one thing with Starfield is these fucking load screens, bro. What is up with all these load screens? It just feels like an archaic game. Whenever I want to do anything, 
I can get past the planets. You having to go to all the different planets. Uh, I can get past a lot of the stilted and old mechanics because I, I do have some nostalgic love for that in my heart. But damn, what are the the load screens, the the encumbrance, like all of these like mechanics that Just to feel go like inside, like, like those load screens? I know crazy. y'all motherfuckers played this game. Like, why can't y'all do some of these quality of life things to help us out here? So, uh, why can't I just send the items directly to the lodge, bro? Why do I have to carry this shit and find some stores to put it? Like, <laughs> what are, what is going on here? So, um, yeah, it just was not a modern game. It wasn't. It wasn't a bethesda's best foot forward into the current generation so honestly i probably put it around there with final fantasy i wasn't as pissed finishing it or playing it as i was with final fantasy until i did that fucking reunion miss mission with the stealth that was that was probably my final straw <laughs> uh, but but yeah like it's it's just just could have been better definitely for sure i i, I can't believe i forgot about uh, Final Fantasy from the <laughs> jump and Starfield. I understand. I completely understand yeah. the disappointment yeah. there. Moving on, the y'all really need to play this category. This is for our best indie game. Uh, I'll I'll take it. I'll start with this one. Um, I have two um, <clears throat> nominations. One, Cocoon. I've talked about Cocoon a lot. I just think that game is really polished and very impressive, just from a puzzle standpoint and like the way it bends your mind as you keep going deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole of what this game can offer you in terms of gameplay. The other one, which I think truly embodies the name of this award. Y'all need to play this chance of Sonar. Like this is going to be a game that everybody mm. sleeps on. The, the amount of fun I had in this game after I just started, I was like, yeah, I'll play it. It's on sale. I played it, had so much fun and like the payoff and the way it kind of builds on each other and where the story goes by the end. It's definitely kind of like my inscription of this year. Not that it like breaks the third wall, it breaks the you know fourth wall or anything like that, but mm-hmm. to start playing it and like start scratching, like, oh wow, there's a little, this is going somewhere. It's not so, just some little baby puzzle game. Like this has a story to it, and like the gameplay starts to get a little tough. And like I really enjoyed how that game progressed, and I think more people definitely need to play that. And you finished it, right? You I finished it. Review. Okay. Finished nice, it. Yeah. Nice, nice. That's, I got to get on it. One yeah. of these days, I'll get to it. What, do you want to go to your second game? or? That was it, Cocoon and Chance. Oh, Cocoon and Second. Gotcha. Um, yeah, well, in my, I think I only had one game on my list for this one, Cocoon. I think Let's go. as far as any games go, it might be one of the only ones I did finish this year. You know, I definitely started up a couple of them, um, but I didn't have time to finish them. Uh, but Cocoon, however, a nice little bite-sized snack, you know, for those you know out there who may not have time like I do, um, like I also don't have time, uh, <laughs> sink your teeth into Cocoon. It's really literally only like three hours long. Um, some of the best puzzles I've seen in a minute now. I'm a, I'm a huge nerd for anything where I'm like, you know, having to rack my brain on how to solve. I remember sitting there one time. For five ten minutes looking at this one like puzzle, I'm like, dang, wait, how exactly do they expect me to progress here? Like, yeah, I know there's, I know for a fact there's no way this is bugged because the game has been completely polished so far. There's no like, it has to be on me. Then it gets to the point where like I finally figure out something, and I'm like, no way, that's crazy. Then just to yeah. be followed up by even crazier moments where you know I'm, I'm 
lock your you eventually get to a like a flow state where you're just locked into what all the mechanics do so you're just like yep i know what i know how to tackle this problem i know exactly how to how to handle this uh you know intensely it's a very like kind of like difficult puzzle to solve but you're already locked in anyway so you're solving it you're running through the game it's it's funny that you say that because i feel like i always think back to this moment in sekiro where i'm fighting the the final boss Ishin. Ishin. and there's a point in that fight if you're doing it up and up by the books where you're literally parrying everything there's a point where it's like your brain just has to go on autopilot and you're just G-g-g-g-g. you see a symbol G-g-g-g. you just know exactly what to do <laughs> weirdly enough i feel like i had that moment in the end of cocoon where I did not fully understand what I was doing, but my brain had been so tapped into the <laughs> mechanics where I'm like, visually, I'm like, bro, I don't even know where the fuck I am, bro. Like, I'm like, I'm like so deep into whatever is happening and I am not really comprehending it, but somehow I'm just like solving it without hitches, bro. My, my fingers were just going and I was like, dang, this is fucking crazy that we're doing this. Um, so shout out Cocoon. And I 100% in it. So, Ooh, oh, oh yeah, cool. you did, you did. It was a, it was an easy 100%. So. True, true. Uh, next award, backlog award, best game that didn't release in 2023. There's only one game here that I need to talk about, and it mm-hmm. is one of my favorite games of all Ooh. time. It's easy. Tell Chained em. Echoes. Holy shit! I'm still thinking about that game. If this game came out this year, it would still be in my top. I mean, this is a banger year. Chain Echoes would still be in my top, top, top Ooh. of my list because that was a fire ass RPG. Like, I don't know when the next time I'll play a Pixar RPG that hits the highs of that game. It had like the magic of like their their weird like Gundam system where you have your robot and you have like a completely different combat mechanic where you need to make sure your robot doesn't overheat, but also you want it to have it in have it in the optimal state the optimal gear so you do the most damage and to like prevent it from overheating you have to shift gears down and, and do attacks in that lower gear so fucking crazy all the characters were super interesting and, and fun the plot twists were going off the heezy every it's it's like it's like my hero academia where you're like bro who the fuck sabotage the fucking <laughs> the training grounds i still don't fucking know it's kind of like that where you're like bro what the fuck was that shit about 10 hours ago and they keep giving you answers and you're like bro what like this is crazy so goaded ass game chain that goes everybody gotta play this one if you're a fan of rpg pixel rpgs that is go play this one shout out chain echoes um i'm gonna say i had slim pickings on this one you know, okay. you know in the beginning playing of the new year, stuff i was playing new stuff um i didn't really you know, i already didn't have enough time for the new stuff. So, you know, I wasn't, you know, really touching the old stuff. So I got to yep. throw it back to the beginning of the year where I ended up picking up uh patch quest, <laughs> a little bitty <laughs> called patch quest okay. came out. I think last year developed by one guy, a very <laughs> impressive game. Honestly, there was some, there were some, you know, quirks to it to where I was like, okay, maybe this game is going on a little too long, but the core mechanics behind the game is something that I think is very, very unique. You know, you've got, um, the pitch for it is uh, imagine you're playing Binding of Isaac, but you have like Pokemon Ranger-esque powers as well, where you're able to capture your enemies and then use them um, as like, you use them as like a mount to um, you know do damage to other enemies in the world. Um, plus the fact that it's also like a Metroidvania slash roguelike 
I mean, like when you're talking about like a a mat, like a patchwork game, this is a patchwork game. You're going around doing all types of crazy stuff. The gameplay loop is very uh, simple, yet, you know, it's kind of like, you know, easy to play, hard to master. And once you like kind of like start figuring out all these like strong synergies, you know, oh, I want to definitely get, you know, a couple of these mounts. So that way I'll be able to, you know, use these abilities and then they'll pair well in this area of the world because each world has like a different uh, or each part of the world is like a different biome with different environmental uh, like hazards that you need to overcome. Great game. Like I said, a couple of quirks that, you know, made me, you know, kind of kind of soured me towards the end of the game. But overall, I think it's a game that folks should at least check out. Patch Quest. Okay. Okay. Next category. Look clean. Best game you didn't mm-hmm. try. Now, obviously, I don't have a lot to say about these games because I didn't play them. Uh, Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty. I am surprised how many people are gassing this shit up, putting it on their top 10 list. It's fucking DLC. People are putting it on their top 10 list. Uh, I can't wait to jump back in Cyberpunk just to hear that they upgraded the skill trees and completely revamped them. Uh, I'm going to roll a completely new character and tackle Night City from the beginning all again. But I'm also excited to just see our homie Idris Elba do his damn thing. Uh, yeah. I heard a lot of great things about how the story unfolds in, uh, in the uh, Phantom Liberty DLC. So I'm excited to check that out. Other one, Resident Evil 4. I know you've talked it to death. I'm going to find some time this year to eventually play it, whether if it comes to Game Pass or it goes on sale, I'll pick it up and try it out. Got to try out Resident Evil 4. Yep. Um, and just another note on the cyberpunk, you know, as we move further and further away from, you know, its original, you know, Phantom Liberty like drop, you know, I was, I was, I was sour when I heard that, uh, I was like, uh, you were, how is this like so shit, good? Bro. And they're saying yeah. I got to restart the game just to play it, just to really experience it. Uh, as we move further and further, I'm like, man, wait a well, maybe I was too harsh. So, you know, maybe around the time you pick up phantom liberty we might have to do a little episode i might end up picking it up myself you know i might i might fold and restart the game you know i remember i i was a cyberpunk purist i beat the game on launch you say i don't give a damn about these bugs there were no bugs i was rocking the uh did i have the 30 i had the 3080 that time yeah i was rocking the 30 i was like look at these peasants y'all don't know shit bro Um, anywho, my, uh, I got two, uh, games I didn't touch this year, but I wanted to technically three, but only talk, only go into two that I, you know, haven't picked up yet. Blasphemous two. Oh yeah. That's a good one. I want to, I mean, I love the first Blasphemous game from the moment I saw like, you know, it's unique art style. You know, we got this pixel, like, uh, what was it like? Gothic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is gothic. gothic art style. Uh, something I thought was like very unique at the time. I think you know since then there have been like a, co- a couple of other games that have kind of tried to emulate that as well. But I think Blasphemous is the one that does it the best. The game was fun to play. It was a Metroidvania, and you know just to hearing that they you know had you know they had a pop. It was a popular enough game for them to warrant a second game. I knew I had to get. I knew I would want to get my hands on it. Obviously, I haven't gotten there just yet. I'm still holding out. For once I beat the first game, I'm still stuck on the final boss. Once I beat the final boss of Blasphemous, I will pick up Blasphemous 2 and I'll uh, sink my teeth in it. So hopefully sometime this year that will be the case. And my other game, a game that I, you know, it's just it's right there on the edge of my time. I wanna I wanna get it so bad. Gumbrella. I'm a devolver. Oh yeah. Uh I'm a devolver digital stand. Any game they're putting out, I'm most likely going to either get or want to get. 
I want Gumbrella so bad. I I just, you know, I feel like it's one of those true sleeper games that nobody's going to talk about until we talk about it. Once we talk yeah. about it, then, you know, some, you know, I hear some mumblings around the, the streets, but, you know, people ain't really talking about it. And I think that it deserves a little bit more popularity. This is made by, uh, was it Doinks Off? Doinks Same dudes as uh, Gato Roboto. <clears throat> yeah. I can't believe, know, I can't believe either of us have touched it. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Haven't touched it? Yeah. You know, there's just other stacked things. Here. Just, it's yes, been a very stacked year. 2023 <clears throat> year, uh, the year of dreams for games. So, unfortunately, we did not get to it. But Gumbrella, hopefully, I can get to you in 2024. Cool. Before we get to our games of the year, quick category to appreciate the sounds we've been listening to. This is a soundtrack award powered by Beats by Dre, owned by Apple. Yeah. Um, and this is for the best soundtrack of the year. Do you have a selection for this, sir? There's only one, baby. Show me the champion Ooh. of light. I'll show I'll you the herald of darkness. darkness. I listen to that song at least twice a week. Okay. okay. It's ridiculous. It's a All fire right. song. It's a fire Alan song. Wake 2. I, I feel like just Remini, or at least, you know, I you know, don't have a lot of Remini experience. I'll obviously, only Control and Alan Wake 2. Mm-hmm. But between those two games, them boys is <laughs> putting out bangers. Uh, they're working with the old gods of Asgard to put out banger after banger of songs. I think the soundtracks themselves overall. I remember being uh, just um, you know, su- surprised, really, after the first chapter of Alan Wake Two wrapped up. You know, you kind of get like that, you know, a little bit, a little instrumental that you know, it's just going, you know, just yeah. playing and to say, okay, we're you know, interluding into our next chapter. Press play, press space bar to start the mm-hmm. next chapter. But then, like the vocals kick in. I'm like, wait a minute, this is a full song. This isn't just like a little little beat they have in the background. This is a full yes, song sir. Um, that they have in between every chapter. You know, we got like at least nine or so chapters in um, Alan Wake. The fact that they went out of their way to go ahead and you know put in these banger songs. I got to give it to Alan. I can't think of any other game that deserves it this year. I can. And Uh-oh. that is one of, one of my biggest disappointments of the year. Final Fantasy 16. That soundtrack mm. was not a dis- No, no. That soundtrack was not a disappointment. That icon music. Da, na, 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 na. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah, All yeah, of that right, music right. was so epic. Like, when you talk about watching these damn cutscenes that for 50% of the game, like, whenever that music came on, I was like, let's go. Like, I was hyped to do whatever. And then, you know, I play the gameplay and I'd be like, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, I'll press X or press circle or whatever. The gameplay sours the music, in my opinion. <laughs> it, 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 it sours a little bit. It didn't sour the music, but uh, I really enjoyed the soundtrack. I hope at some point they fucking release it on Spotify or something cause, so I can use it to pump up music when I'm working or when I'm working. It's not on, on Spotify? They got like three tracks on Spotify. It's not enough, bro. I need the whole... I need the whole OSC. They didn't stop playing with me. So, uh, shout out Final Fantasy 16. Here we go. Personal games of the year. How should we do this? Let's. How many games do you have on your list right now? Uh, I think it was six. If I'm okay. If you if you have six on your list, I'll do my four. So I'll, I'll count down to my six, and then we'll go back and forth. Wait, of the actual like. Are we talking ranked again or? Yeah, yeah. Well, then I have seven. This is, I'm saying I'm going off that list I sent you last. Okay. Week. Okay. 
Honestly, no. I'm gonna. That's because I was just doing the. No, no, no. I, I can okay. cut. I can. I can cut from here. We can. I'll, I'll have six then. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start from ten, and I'm gonna go down to six, and we'll go back and forth real quick. Does that make sense? Because I have ten here. Okay. Yes. So, number ten. I'm gonna shout out CS Stars. Woo! Great game. A lot of hype uh, leading up to this year for the final release of Sea of Stars. I think Sea of Stars shapes up to be a really, really fun RPG. Great indie game. Uh, gorgeous. Great music. And uh, overall, really, really fun story, especially when we talk about the true ending of this game. I think out of the many true endings that I've seen done in games, this one is like, oh, this game kind of really forces your hand for you to want to see the true ending. And I think the true ending pays off. I haven't seen it. I had to look it up because I wasn't doing all the bullshit that they wanted me to do. I, <laughs> I, I had other games to play, but shout out to stars. It just takes a little too long to get started in the first act. Like that first three, four hours is a little, is a little too slow for me. Uh, but once after that, it starts to get going, which is why I said number 10. Number nine, Chance of Sonar. We already talked about that. Number eight, Street Fighter Six. I didn't play a ton of Street Fighter Six, but I had a really good time with it. Um, number seven is Cocoon. Mm. Even though I really loved it, it was a, it was a pretty busy year. Uh, and that takes me to number six, Dave the Diver. Ooh. When I talk about just the number of randomness and the amount of fun, nonstop switching up, it did on uh, did on me when I was playing this during the summer game came out of nowhere and really, really shocked and surprised and delighted me. So it almost made it in my top five. Shout out Dave, the diver. What's your number six. I'm going to say just real quick. I forgot. Um, I do have like a, a side, like an honorable mention here. What is it? Or do we want to save honorable mentions? No, go ahead and do it. My honorable mention is pizza tower. Uh, okay. You know, I bought, I bought <clears> the cups, bro. I bought the merch. That's how, that's how much I enjoyed the game. I can't, rank it though just because of the fact i didn't i wanted to you know f- have the finished games uh on my ranked list here okay. uh, which may upset some folks but hey that's just how i'm doing it over here fair enough um my number six game is cocoon okay I, okay made it that's the that's the that's a little indie darling right there we love it cocoon is. i already gave the spiel on it no uh no need to say anymore okay my number five high five rush no no yeah. <laughs> Hi-Fi Rush. It could have been higher, but the stuff it's above a busy it, year. I, I, you know, I just thought it was a little better. But Hi-Fi Rush, in a less packed year, this would probably be top three. Um, I love the energy and the style and the uniqueness. And I always give props to teams that try something completely different and try and, you know, uh, try and put themselves out there with a completely new idea. And when it sticks... That's even better. So Hi-Fi Rush, amazing. I'm going to stray here a little bit. My number five is also Hi-Fi Rush, <laughs> baby. Let's go. We're going bar for bar. <laughs> Let's go. I mean, you already said it. Let's move on to number four then. All right. Number four for me is a game I don't think has left our lips this entire episode thus far. And that's Spider-Man Ooh, 2. Spider-Man there he 2 goes. is coming in at my number four. Um, look, they Insomniac got the cheat code. 
Throw me in New York City. Throw me with the little web swinging mechanic. Throw me with the, all the random Spider-Man combos. And I'm just going to have fun. Like, there's no other better feeling in a video game than just swinging around in New York City. This is the only fucking video game where I would boot it up just to swing around the city. I ain't got shit to do in the city. I already platinumed it. And I'm just, I just want to swing around and just chill for a bit. It's crazy. Only other game I could think is kind of similar is Forza. And mm. that's so randomly weird that driving a car and swinging around a Spider-Man are kind of on the same level. But, yeah, I mean, like, they just beefed everything up. I- I'll let you talk. I don't want to take all the talking points for Spider-Man 2. Uh, I don't know if it's on your list. I mean, I should. I, you sent me your list. But, um like, I think they beefed everything up. I love Miles. He's my favorite character. I feel like he kind of got a little shortchanged here in the story. Um, mm-hmm. and overall, the story wasn't like some crazy upgrade compared to the past Spider-Man iterations. But I think that core formula for me just, I mean, just doesn't falter. Like You could put whatever you want on top of it as little extras uh, and flourishes, but that core swinging around mechanic, the core combat, and the feeling of Spider-Man doesn't never get old. So, Shout out Spider-Man. <laughs> Number four on my list, Resident Evil 4 Ooh. Remake. Okay, Remake. Okay. I already you know, went into full detail on it. I like my little action movie, The Game. Uh it deserves a number four spot for me. For okay. Sure. Okay. Uh, my number three is a little game called Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. Parts of the song I know. I wax poetic about Spider Man 2. I know. Tell the world where Tears of the Kingdom is on your list. You want me to tell you right now? As a little let us, spoiler. Let us, actually, wait. Don't tell us. But go ahead and talk about Tears of the Kingdom. I want you to give your... You know, I think the folks at Nintendo, the Zelda team, they cooked with Breath of the Wild, obviously, when they redefined the whole entire... Uh, that I feel like Zelda was his own genre. If you really think about it, I mean, sure, you know, it's puzzle, action, adventure, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, a Zelda game was a Zelda game. They decided to say, nah, we're throwing that out the window. We're going to go ahead and cook y'all up some brand new to eat. They cooked with Breath of the Wild. And then what they decided to do is perfect everything that they did in Breath of the Wild <laughs> and release it as a new game with Tears of the Kingdom. And they delivered. I think it was a very great game. Um, One of those games that you are. Uh, I, I don't going into Breath of the Wild, and I think there may be a couple of comparisons here and there between Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. But going into Breath of the Wild, I didn't expect to you know spend almost 100 hours in the game. Uh, I did. And then going into Tears of the Kingdom, the exact same thing happened. Or I guess you know not the exact same thing of the expectations, but the exact same you know outcome happened. Where I spent almost 100 hours in the game, you're constantly discovering new things. You have that you know that Elden Ring effect. Um, where you're you're happy you, you you're happy about not knowing where to go. You know what I mean? You're just like walking in a straight line, trying to see like what's going on in the world. All these random events will be happening. You'll say, "Can I get to X Y Z place?" You may not be able to figure it out at first, but then after you come back, you sleep on it a little bit. You're like, "Oh wait, I can actually you know do some fancy mumbo jumbo to get into this location." And I think that that's something that just like really 
you don't see a lot you don't see a lot of that like creativity in games um in that way um i think you know an exception would probably be you know your baller's gate three where you can do whatever the hell you want um so yeah that's why tears of the kingdom for me did i already give the number on this one no where you, it is hold off on it hold off hold off on it okay <clears throat> it's a great uh, game y'all Tears of the Kingdom. Only reason it's not higher on my list is because I feel like I am not that creative and I could not utilize the building mechanic to its full potential like some of the best people online did. Um, but yeah, it is an incredible game. They capture lightning in a bottle twice. Um, it's just, they just perfected that formula of having every, almost every couple feet of the map have some th- something new and interesting and fun to explore and mess around with. And not only adding things on the existing map and restructuring the existing map but adding stuff below it and above it as Mm. well like literally goat tier design and the fact that they added this whole like building minecraft system and this ascend ability like two abilities that should theoretically break the game uh in so many different ways yet the game still somehow felt like it only broke in ways it allowed you to break it like it never bugged out or, or, or wigged out in any major way super incredible like design of technical prowess especially running on the switch like basically running this game on a potato mm-hmm. um, so and i'm so glad i finished the game because a lot of those ending moments are epic as hell um if i didn't finish it i might even be a little bit lower but yeah like tears of the kingdom fantastic fantastic game but for me there are some better ones, which is why is that my top three. Now I'll let you, I'll switch it. Give us mm-hmm. your, your number three and then I'll let you finish the list out and I'll go after you. Okay. That works. Um, my number three, Spider-Man two for the Ooh. exact same reasons that you, uh, kind of mentioned before. I love me some Spider-Man, one of my favorite superheroes. So when I get to, you know, play a polished product with him in it, you know, I'm going crazy. You know, I have to 100% it as well. Um, I thought the story was, I thought the story was okay. You know, I love seeing Venom in all types of media. I love, I, even though I've seen it you know, a handful of times already, the whole, oh, the symbiote comes down, it like, you know, possesses Peter, and then he gets it off, and then he has to fight Venom. I feel like we've seen this story at least like three or four times now <laughs> all across yeah. Spider-Man history. But in my in my book in my in my opinion, that shit does not get old, baby. I don't know. I know Venom's coming. I know I'm gonna want to fight him. Uh, and you have fun every time. And I think the Insomniac did a great job with uh, delivering that story to us. Um, the addition of Craven, I thought, was also very interesting because I knew of Craven. Um, wasn't too familiar with his like all of his lore, but I thought he was definitely a a fun character to have, like you know, around the uh, the city. Obviously, you know, we had our minor complaints with the his enemies taking over the entire city and like, where the hell are the police? Mm-hmm. Um, like this just don't make no damn sense, but Hey, no, that's just, that's New York city, baby. That's the city. I mean, we, we see with them tunnels, but they didn't know them <laughs> tunnels were there. So obviously right. they might not know about, uh, the, the hunters. So oh yeah. The hunters. That's right. <laughs> they, they don't know what about anything that's going on. So, uh, that's why Spider-Man two is at my number three spot. What's your Following number two? That, my number two is Tears of the Kingdom, baby. Ooh, ba, 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 ba. Like I said, that's all I know of the song. Um, <laughs> I already spoke my piece on, t- on Tears of the Kingdom. So I'm moving on. Number one, 
my number one game is a it, it's hard it's not heartbreaking in the sense that like I'm sad that this game is my number one. I just wish that I was able to give my like you know honorable mention game. Well, not Peace Tower. Uh, I wish I was able to give Baldur's Gate a lot more of my time to like fully like I can't I don't want to be a faker and just be like oh everybody else has Baldur's Gate is game of the year, so I gotta put it up there as well. So what's going in? What's going at number one instead? I'm curious. Show me the champion of light. I'll show you the herald of darkness. Alan Wake Two is an experience like none other. Um, coming off of Control 2019, you know it's a completely different style of game obviously it's still the same third person over the shoulder but it's just a different vibe you know you're not the all-powerful jesse faden who is the director of an entire organization you're two low-level schmucks who just have to figure out their way in this like dark and depressing world you have to and dark and dangerous world i should say you have to figure your way through it um the way that they set up the story and had, I guess, the way that they made Alan set up the story, I thought was very unique, very interesting. Um, gameplay, I thought, was very satisfying. You know, we've got all these, like, not really, like, puzzles, but I say they're, they're you know, like, kind of like, well, you got, you got to use your mind a little bit to try to, you know, make your way through the game, um, which I definitely appreciate. The uh, graphics were obviously beautiful. You got You got the full experience. You got the full ray tracing experience. I didn't get that. I got a little light, little taste of it. I got the <laughs> ray tracing, thirty FPS, you know, as if I was playing on a on a on a console. Yeah. So I got to taste it a little bit, but you know, that's always something nice to see. Um, what else was there? The two protagonists. I think that I always think that's cool when you get to play as multiple protagonists. Shout out to Spider Man as well. And overall, man, I mean. It's just one of those games that just likes. I should have put this one on my surprise list, but I don't think it. You know, I think that would be unfair to the other surprise, uh, surprise games I had because this game is just too damn good. So, yeah, I'm I glad. Mean, I'm glad that, I think you are the one that got me hyped for it the most. Due to the fact that I know you had a background with Alan Wake, um, you were part of the cult following of the original Alan Wake game. Uh, yeah. I was always like, I know this guy exists. I know he has a damn flashlight. I, I don't really care too much about him but i'm glad that i care about him now and i want him to succeed in everything he does in like him and saga yes sir alan wake my number two game of the year alan wake is an incredible game uh i am deep into the remedy verse i love like the threads this game sets up in a very compelling way like um kind of counter to the issues i had with with final fantasy where like the deeper we got into the story the more i was like oh well i don't really get the motivations i'm i don't know if i'm really bought into this world as much as i thought in the beginning uh the exact opposite is was the case for alan wake where the more i learned the more i was like yo i need to see more of this world like i need more of this world right now because i'm everything they tell me i'm like deeper in man like not only like the cool uh like meta commentary with alan wake and like him writing the story but like is he writing the story i don't know like how is this happening uh, like the whole thing with him and Thomas Zane and like the crazy metaphors you can get into with like what this game means uh, for Remedy as a studio and Sam Lake and like what this says about Alan White. You can dive into a bunch of theory videos. and I think all of that stuff is super interesting. But even just on the surface level, like you said, 
probably one of the most beautiful games I've ever played. Like just standing in on some of these spots and seeing the, the light shine through the trees and like feeling like, damn, it feels like I'm in the Pacific Northwest. Like this shit was you are in the Pacific crazy. Northwest. I am in the, it seems like it feels like I'm, I feel like I'm looking through a window, basically, uh, <laughs> since I am living in the Pacific Northwest. And, like, I love seeing these characters and seeing the detail in their faces. And Sam Lake looking exactly like Alex Casey is crazy. The hair physics not being trash and clay-like. Um, so from a graphic standpoint, I loved it. And just, like, the way they unraveled the story where they never gave it to they, they never gave it up too early like you were mm. always wondering what was going on and like i had my theories but i never had enough information to confirm if my theory was true or false um and i absolutely loved that and i loved how things start to connect to control and the bigger fbc lore and the and like objects of power how do they come into this thing and like you know uh alternate altered world events or whatever you mm-hmm. call them like all that stuff was super interesting to me and i really enjoyed the ride that we went on and even just the individual locations coffee world is a memorable location i'll never forget the fucking retirement home nursing home, i'll never forget um so like all of the locations in the real world in saga's world was super cool uh, and then i love the writer's room in alan wake's world where you're just in like okay, like we're doing this little rehearsal. Like we're, we're talking to the screenwriter and then he goes into the writer's room and like switches up the story and like it writes. And then the Mm -hmm. whole gameplay scene changes. That shit was crazy. That was a super cool mechanic, which I really wish was in the game even more. And I hope uh, we see something similar or like cool mechanics like that going forward in Remedy's games. Um, Yeah. I, I had, I knew I was going to like Alan Wake too. I had a lot of high expectations for it, but I did not think I would enjoy it in the ways that I did. Like I didn't think the story was going to hit as hard and I didn't think I'd be invested in like this universe they were building so much. So loved it. Uh, and that leads me to my final game on the list. <clears throat> my number one, uh, that's Baldur's Gate 3, baby. Yeah. Uh, unlike you, I did put a game that I did not finish on the list. I'm still actively playing Baldur's Gate 3. I'm but you're act- deep, though. So. I'm deep. I'm deep. I'm like 50-something hours in at <laughs> 2 or 3. Um, This might be crazy. So to set the stage, some of my favorite games of all time, Mass Effect's trilogy, uh, Fallout 3, um, RPGs like that, like where... You know, I jump into these huge roads, Skyrim, and I'm just like, man, I paved my own path and I can have my own personal memory with this game that is different than everybody else. And I feel like I can kind of keep that to myself and be like, wow, what a cool journey I went on. Even Shane Echoes, where it's like, I'm not going to see everything. And that makes my journey unique to me uh, and how I played it and the t- decisions I made. Uh, I love games like that. And I think Baldur's Gate 3, because of that, is shaping up to be probably one of my favorite games of all time. Um, Mm -mm -mm. This game is unbelievable in, like, the way it really leans into the RPG aspect. This is the most RPG game I've ever played in my life, where 
every encounter you can approach three, four, five different ways. Um, and every encounter is not just a one-off encounter. It's like you're making an encounter and now that's going to affect something that happens 10, 20, 30 hours later. And it's all going to compound in the way that so many decisions you make, so many small decisions, big decisions you make in this game compound on each other. It forces you to make sure that no single playthrough is unique to someone else, right? Every night I'm coming in, playing like an hour or two hours, coming back into the Discord and saying, hey, guys, so this is what happened today. And they're like, what the fuck? Like, you did that? I didn't even know you could do that. I'm like, what? He's like, oh, yeah, I did. Jardo's like, oh, yeah, this happened in my game. I'm like, yo, what? That could happen? I didn't even know that could happen. And this, these are like major plot points, right? Like where it's like, hey, this seems like some scripted shit that's going to happen to everybody. And it's like, oh, obviously, you know, bad guy comes in. I got to kill a bad guy. Jardo's talking about the bad guy got away. I'm like, he got away. <laughs> that was an option. Like, so like, I, I cannot understate how every time I play this, every hour I put into this game feels like an hour of television that I'm creating and I'm being part of like, me being able to talk to these characters and feel like, okay, the options that they give me are not like all good, all bad. Like sometimes you get games and you're either like, fuck you or yeah, yeah, you're my best friend. It's like, uh, (laughs) I guess I'll go with this one, but neither of these really capture Baldur's Gate. There's a lot of nuance and it kind of just the dialogue options and things you can do in the game are written from a person to person perspective versus a good and evil perspective. Uh, which I really appreciate. Like sometimes you're going to make a decision that is right for one character in your group, but pisses off another character in your group. It's just how it's going to go. Like, because your two companions have two competing priorities that, that go against each other and to further one priority, that means somebody else has to get their feelings hurt or has to like be impacted. Um, and like, the surprises that you get because of those moments where I've been rolling with these two characters in my group. Uh, they clearly never liked each other. They didn't fuck with each other from the very beginning, but I'm like, you guys have the skills that I need to survive in these first couple acts. So we're just going to live with it. And I'm doing a long rest so I could get all my health back or whatever. And as I'm resting, one of my characters puts a knife to my other character's throat. And they were like, hey, are we going to, I'm going to fucking end her right here. And I'm like, yo, what? I'm like, yo, what? And you have to just, you have to do a roll. And it's like, if you do the roll and that's supposed to deescalate the situation. And it's like, if you fail the roll, I don't know what happened. I passed the roll, thankfully. But based on the way they were phrasing it, this motherfucker was going to die if I failed this roll. And there was no other options around it. There was no other way to talk around it. It's like, you roll this check, this persuasion check, and maybe they'll back down. So I love shit like that where it's just like, there was a moment last night where I had these options. I'm sitting there for a minute, like probably three, four minutes looking at the both <laughs> options. Like, this is obviously a big choice. I chose something and all hell broke loose. I was like, I did not choose the right choice. I had somebody lose the party. Motherfuckers are threatening oh, me, talking about, I don't remember nah. this. Like, all these different characters are going crazy. <laughs> I'm like, yo, this is not, I must have misinterpreted side the reload. I had to do a little saves coming because I was like, this is too crazy. But man, the, the level of freedom this game gives you is another level. And I can't wait to see how it ends. I feel like I'm just barely get, uh, touching the surface of this game, but I don't know if any RPG will 
ever come close, at least for the, for, you know, the near future. I can't wait to see an RPG that does rival this in terms of story and choose your own adventure. But fire ass fucking game. Fire ass fucking game. Beautiful. A beautiful way to end the year, I feel like. Yeah, this is a great last game. You know how you save the best bite for last? Great way to end the year. Um, And I think our whole list kind of speaks to um, how awesome this year was. Both of our top tens, we got a lot of different games on there. A lot of games we were passionate about. I had a great time with Sea of Stars, and that game's my number 10, which my number 10 last year, I don't remember what it was, but I doubt it's hanging (laughs) with Sea of Stars. And uh, even though Baldur's Gate 3 is my game of the year, player player game of the year, I would have to say should go without a doubt to Alan Wake 2 and Tears of the Kingdom. That was year one and two, and that was my two and three. Um, so I, don't I think, know, man. I mean, like, just in terms of like the two games that we can both strongly co sign as like these games were both fire this year. Um, and I think we, I think we could put Spider Man 3 in there too as like the top three that we. And Baldur's Gate 3, I'm sure once you play it more, we'll come back to that conversation. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we had these in the exact same order on our list, one, Alan Wake, two, Tears of Kingdom, uh, three, Spider-Man, two. Fire-ass games, man. Like, these are definitely the trifecta, you know, barring bar- Baldur's Gate 3 conversation. These are definitely three of some of the best games of the year by both of our standards. Um and I think and they all hit different like areas. Yeah, different exactly. Itches. All completely scratched different itches. Got Alan Wake two getting like the creative, new, fresh feeling gameplay. Uh, Spider Man two, obviously the classic Spider Man comic booky action, comfort food, and Tears of the Kingdom, just like that. That repeat uh, championship run by Nintendo mm-hmm. and the Zelda team, giving <laughs> you more what you love was Tears of the Kingdom. So um, stacked last year. Great ass games. If you haven't played a lot of the games we've been talking about, like if you haven't touched Cocoon or Chance of Sonar or or Day of the Diver, Hi Fi Rush, Street Fighter Six, even give them a try. But uh, I think with that, it's time to close this chapter on 2023. Next week, it's time to look towards 2024. All right, because yeah. apparently we're gonna see Indiana Jones footage in, in about a week. I don't know what that's about. I do not know what that's about, but I know I've been went from machine games to speak up for quite some time now so with that said let us know what your games of the year are in the discord player player pod.com slash discord as always um let us know what you missed out on if you want to give your own little awards basically all the awards we did this week speak up speak your mind no trolling Uh, give me some real give me some real game list give it give us your troll in the you know troll on your free time you can troll but you have to give us a, an original game list before you start trolling, all right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know if you say no trolling, these motherfuckers. Jardo is already <laughs> writing his comment up. <laughs> so, Jose. Jose will give us his legitimate list. Uh, Jardo, he's already trolling. So, <laughs> with that being said, thank you all for listening to Player Player. Uh, thanks for a great 2023. Thanks to the new people that join the discord, the old people that have been continuing listening and supporting the show. We appreciate you all. Uh, 2024. We're coming more with the same heat. Arson had his baby. The challenges are done. We're ready yeah. to 
we're ready to come out full force. And luckily, hopefully there's not as many games coming out. So hopefully we'll be able to digest and talk about more stuff uh, as a tag team. Uh, but to find out, there's only one way to, to know if we succeed in that. And that's listening every week. Come back here next Thursday. Uh, come back here tomorrow for the cool down. And we're going to come with some heat. All right. So uh, remember to check us out. As always, shout out to the Miller Child. Follow him uh, at the Miller Child on Instagram. As always, he supports us with the intro music. You can find me at the Hoop Man uh, on social media as the Hoop Man, where the E is a three. Um, you can find my co-host Arsene here as Pax Arseneca on Twitter and Twitch, or Arsene Lock on Instagram. And until next time, guys, keep gaming and go play some games. Game on, folks.